Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. It's Friday, but my name is not Urkel. Red Heat and Rage Game Time Decisions. Our radio has begun. I am Gabriel Moretz, sitting alongside a raging redhead. Cam Stewart, although I did like the, that show. What was it? Uh, Family Matters. Family Matters, yeah, the Winslows. A quality yeah. show. I was yeah. a big fan of uh, Ed. Yeah. Eddie? Eddie. <laughs> With a square cut. <laughs> I like he had a great, great, great lid. Eddie was a good kid. Yeah. Eddie uh, started betting on uh, uh, Chicago Coco. Bears games, yeah. though, and uh, <laughs> got, into, got into trouble. Uh, with the local uh, bookies, and uh, Carl had to teach him a lesson. Yeah, Carl was a cop. Yeah, Carl's a good guy. <laughs> Carl, Harriet. Eddie. Eddie. Urkel. What was the daughter's name? I forget. I think it's Laura. Yeah, no, what? Laura Winslow. Yes, yes. I think it is. <laughs> good call, Marenzi. I think it's Laura. They play that show, I notice, on, like, Christian television service. Like, CTS is, oh, like, a big fan. Yeah, fa- Family Matters is, like, it's, it's pretty clean. It's good, wholesome family entertainment. <laughs> Like us. For sure. Like us, actually. I'm surprised that we're not already on the... Uh, CTS? Yeah. yeah. We could really... Uh, we can. We could do it, man. Yeah. Either that or... <laughs> we could use it. Either that or NRA TV. NRA TV started a new network, and evidently uh, you can say whatever the hell you want over really? there. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. As long as you're into guns. Yeah. I shot a gun. I could sit there with a gun. Yeah. You saw what I did in Vegas. I I rocked those targets pretty good. We could just sit there with like a rack of AK 47s and stuff. It'd be a pretty good segment, actually. Shooting guns? Oh, yeah, definitely. Stupid Andy Dalton. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals screwed me again. <laughs> I start going off. Yeah, it's I actually know, pretty I, good. No, I like it. I, I'll tell you when we when we went to Vegas there and shot the guns. It's it's a good feeling when you actually pull the trigger and uh, shoot shoot some targets. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Probably not good to do after a couple drinks, but good times. I got to say that uh, the the um, the level the level of scrutiny uh, that they put people through before they put a gun in your hand is very slim. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm we didn't even to speak do a like test. An attorney here. Yeah, <laughs> we did nothing. We just set up. Okay, there's the target. Bam. Like I'm actually amazed that it hasn't happened. That somebody just hasn't. Got in a gun, turned around and started shooting. Remember the time you were talking to me and it was still loaded and I like brought it down by myself. I said, oh my God, like don't want to pull the trigger and yeah, shoot Cam, my foot off. Cam had a loaded gun. He was sort of waving it around at all of us. <laughs> He's shooting at the target and stuff. Yes, hey. And we're behind him. And Cam had a pretty good shot. So Cam's shooting at the target. But then he turns around with the gun pointed at all of us. And he's like, this is freaking awesome. And he turns around, man. I nearly hit the ground. Like... But for the record, I was aware. I didn't really trust Cam with a gun in his hand, so I was actually like six, seven feet away. You were right like, in the back. No, like I really was like away and like on a side angle because I was like, man, I don't know. Like if something's going to discharge, something bad's going to happen. 
And, uh, yeah, I took a couple of shots. I actually missed the entire target. Like, not only did I not, like, hit the dude, like, I missed the guy. Oh, like, yeah, like, right up, like, not, like not even actually, the whole back part. Yeah, I actually saw my bullets, like, hitting a wall, yeah. like, behind <laughs> the target. Like, I hit him a few times. I hit him a few times. Uh, yeah, we had uh, we I had. St- a- I still have my targets in my closet. I got a, a Duke one with some bullet holes in it. Bin Laden's. Yeah, uh, we, I punctured his face. We had uh, yeah, we had a couple other ones. We brought too. the Duke one. <laughs> yeah, we well we we put Duke <laughs> on it. We put Duke on it. Like you can make your own sheet. And they had the standard. Yeah, they had uh, Bin Laden on the target yeah. already there. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Shoot, it, <Bin> Laden. <laughs> it was fun. I put I put a bullet in his chest. Yeah. You actually hit him in the neck. I, I put him right between I the remember, eyes yeah, and yeah, the neck. Yeah, I don't know if you got him between the eyes. I remember you, you got him in the neck. Uh, you, you, you hit him in the chest a few times. I was cleaning out my closet. I saw the targets. You're right. There was a couple shots that I, like, wow, I was, I was actually impressed. I didn't think I'd be a very good shot with a gun. <laughs> I still don't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest you. Uh, owning don't. a firearm? Well, nothing wrong yeah. with owning yeah. a firearm, but... Uh, I wouldn't suggest you handling the firearm too yeah. with too much frequency. You met a couple of my buddies. They go up to farms and shoot stuff, and like that. It's actually a lot of fun. Uh, a couple of guys hunt turkeys. You know, you got like the turkey call, and then they smoke turkeys. I guess it's fitting your friends hunt turkeys because they they are a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with uh, shooting dinner, Marenzi. It's it's all right, buddy. I like it. It's it's fun to it's fun to shoot the rifle. Go out in the wilderness. There's a lot of things out there. Now, for the record, uh, I'm a little bit disheartened for various reasons. Uh, but one of the reasons uh, being that uh, the movie The Rock is on TV right now, and uh, we have to start the show without me seeing the end of it. <laughs> I didn't know you knew every line of the movie, but you're doing pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm actually pretty. You close. were actually doing the soundtrack. You missed like a name, but you still had the general. Uh, no, I like, added, if you had the script, you, I you added, were there. I added a name when I shouldn't have. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I thought you weren't ready to shoot anybody. I thought he said shoot anybody, Frank, but he just said I thought you weren't ready to kill anybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I can. Uh, I've got a good memory uh, for this stuff. I'd be a good actor. Like I'd be able to remember the lines, but I'm a bad actor. Like, I'm actually just, I'm a bad actor. You've tried acting before? Yeah, a few times. I used to be in movies, actually, when I was younger. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like a- Extras? An, yeah, yeah, you got paid a couple hundred bucks, hang out there. But I worked my way up the ladder. Like, I was I was in, like, a lot of them. I was in, like, five, six movies. And uh, Anything we've seen? Yeah, there was one with, um, I was in a movie with Christopher Reeve. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Christopher Reeve. In another, I, no, I don't know. I don't remember the names, man. It was like in the 80s. A few of them, though. There's a few of them. I was in a movie. I was in a movie. It was a pretty big time movie, too. I was in a movie, and in the movie, in the scene, we were in like a church, and um, it was like a juvenile jail. Like I was, a, my, that was like my, I was a juvenile delinquent type thing. Good role. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had a line even. That's the guy. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, That's, That's the, the guy. guy. And like a big brawl started out. <laughs> I was in another one called Bystander Apathy, where uh, we attacked a gay dude. I was cast as like oh, a, as a, uh, as, a, as a real goon. Yeah, like uh, I was, guy with hate. I'm not gonna lie. Like all my roles were the same thing. Well, you were a juvenile delinquent. I was. It's, yeah, uh, I was in picking, picking I, I on did, innocence. I did two roles where I was in a juvenile delinquent. Uh, I was uh, I was in like juvie jail. I did another one where I was part of a street gang where we attacked a dude in an yep. alley. 
And not to yell gay, uh, gay slurs. Oh, well, that's great. <laughs> the worst part is after, even the director guy's like, oh, you guys uh, really, 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 you're, you're really, really into that. Like, <laughs> It's like, it's like, wow, yeah. It's pretty crazy, too. Like, the dude was lying down, and they had a bunch of sandbags. Yeah. Like, as, yeah. as you're, like, cooping so, them in, yeah. the, in the midsection. So if, yeah. if you're wondering, so yeah. basically they said, just kick. But, hard, yeah. yeah, don't miss. Hit the sandbags. So, yeah. like, the sandbags are, like, they're covered and stuff. Yeah. And, like, it's in an alley. And That's how you get of, that effect. And he's got sandbags, like, in his jacket, like, underneath him yep. and stuff, right? So the actor's really there. We're booting the guy in the stomach with the sandbag. Like, yeah. I was kicking it pretty hard. <laughs> Sandbags work. They're great defense. <laughs> I kicked it pretty hard. Um, yeah, one time it was pretty cool, actually. I, I left with the wardrobe. Just walked out. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, no, where, no. Where's the costume guy? Yeah, Dude, who's doing the who's doing no, the I was there for like 18 yeah, hours, yeah. man. And like, nobody came yeah. at the end. See like, ya. All right, yeah, yeah. What was the costume? It was pretty cool, man. It was uh, a leather jacket and, yep. like, uh, combat boots. Ooh, nice. Got a free pair of docks. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it was combat boots, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I worked my way up the ladder, but I got screwed over when uh, I was literally one appearance away from uh, being in the uh, the union. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Actra. Actra. Yeah. Yeah. They, they wanted you to pay your dues, though, Moretz. You got to pay your dues. Yeah. but No, but uh, the thing is, I, they stopped casting me, basically. Because they don't want you. No, of course they don't. I wasn't really an actor, <laughs> right? I was just a dumbass kid. Yeah, you were an extra. Oh, it was great, though. I got like 1400 bucks once for two days. I don't know how the hell I got that gig, man. But I, I had some agency that used to call me all the time. So, yeah, every time they shot a movie in Montreal and they needed like a teenage thug, I was, I was on the list. It was so good. Yeah, it, was, it was good money. And I started bitching. And they were like, listen, yeah. And then they told me, listen, if you go to uh, acting school and stuff like yeah. that. And get part of the union. We'll make it worth yeah, your while. because then yeah. we can say, no, he's, he's really an actor, right? As opposed to just some dude that shows up. Yeah, shows up. And, uh, yeah, you'd like it, Cam. They have the, they have the buffet. The oh, I know. Trust like me. That. I've worked uh, when I did one, one television show back in the day. The same thing happened to me. I wasn't part of Actra. So I got paid, like, the loser rate, and everybody else was making more money. And uh, trust me, a lot of the people part of the union, they don't like people who aren't, uh, who aren't there. They like to give their uh, buddies gigs. I worked in the music industry, too. I was in a band, uh, but um, I also worked at shows and stuff. And, oh, yeah, they're nuts, dude. You can't touch anything. Nope. Like, you can't touch a light. That's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> But in today's day and age, nobody likes unions, Cam. That's true. Right? <laughs> well, we can work for cheaper. You know? That's the problem with the union. They got full pay. There's no unions in radio. No, 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 no unions. <laughs> no unions. No unions. No unions in radio. So, anyways, yeah, The Rock comes on, and uh, Cam starts uh, saying what a horrible actor Nicolas Cage is. I think he's probably the worst of all time. It's just That's just my opinion. He's awful, don't you think? Like, in, in terms of, like, actors that have done a lot of movies, that like, in believable parts, like, I don't believe, like, when I'm watching a movie, I'm just watching him. Like, I, I don't, even take, don't even take it seriously half the time. Like, he's not even, like, <laughs> I don't me, know what he's doing. To me, Nicolas Cage is a guy, he's like a quarterback who's going to, uh, he's, um, he's like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of movies. Like, you know, yeah. he's going to show up, he's going to do his thing, he's going to turn the ball over a couple of times, okay. but he's going to throw a couple of touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nicolas Cage's career. Uh, he's more like the Ryan Leaf of films. He's not the I'm Ryan thinking. Leaf of Come films. Come on, Ryan Leaf. 
Ryan Leaf played one year in the National Football League and has been in and out of jail for the last 15 years. What is what has Nicolas Cage done though recently? That's the thing. The stuff you're watching from it's time stamped. Well, what do you want he the guy to do? What do you want what? the guy to do? He can't act in like forever in every right. damn movie. Well, I'm just saying though, like he's the longevity in more wasn't than there. Anybody. Uh, he's in a lot of not not good ones, not good ones. And why is he in a lot of good movies? Because he gets the job done. <laughs> done. I know you don't believe that, but that, that's okay. He's no. he, he in the hierarchy. I'm trying he, to think off the top of my head which which like Nicholas Cage role do I want to hang my hat on on this? Argument? Yeah, like what do you what like what is his what, best what, movie? Yeah, what am I going to say? You know what? Yeah, yeah. It's hard to it's really hard to pick one. Well, he's like a crappy band that has like actually. I will hits. say one: the best movies he's ever done is Leaving Las Vegas. That was the only time I ever believed him because he Very played good movie. he played a drunk suicidal guy. You know what? That was his best role of all time. And I actually am mad at myself for for ripping him the way I did because that movie that that changed all of his bad movies in my opinion. That was his best work ever. That's just hands down. That's just one of many nah, great uh, jobs that he's done. <laughs> but he did a great job. Yeah, that was a good movie. All right. I'll give that movie. Full marks. That movie was, wow. You want to talk about depressing and real. That movie was, that hit, hit all marks. Con Air, like, come on. All these action movies, you can't take this guy seriously as an action I know thriller. every line of Con Air. No, dude, I bet you do. All those TBS movies without the, without the swearing, you've seen them all. The three, the three <laughs> movies I've seen the most in my life, I believe. Con Air, The yep. Rock, and The Fugitive. Oh, yeah. Always. Always on TV. Quality yeah. film. <laughs> Quality piece of cinematography. <laughs> right, I'm doing a poll question, right? Yeah. Cam Stewart says, "Yep, Nicholas Liz Cage. Cage sucks." Yep. And what are what? So what are what are the options of the of the quiz? Then I don't understand. I, I say I, who's worse. I say he is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? think? Yeah, very simple. Nice. Put it out. <laughs> What do you think? Yeah, very, like I yeah, said, yeah. yeah. So I like, there's no options or no, anything no, no, like that. No, we don't yeah, want to yeah. complicate people. Yeah. I include a fantasy sports, all yeah. right? I have a feeling, uh, I, I just know. I think I think you're probably going to win this pool. I was a little bit hard, but uh, I'm going to stick blows. by it. Yeah, he does blow. All right, there it is. There, It's out there now. Poll question. Cam Stewart says, Nicholas Cage sucks. I say he is wrong. What do you think? <laughs> Cage is solid. He blows. <laughs> A and B. It's nice, nice, and nice and simple. Two options. What other movies? Yeah, that's there? a good thing. Like you I name one movie for the guy that I says blows, and you haven't named one movie that you think he did a good job in other than that one. That Ghost Rider uh, movie's not bad. And look, Nicolas Cage just announced his retirement in three to four years. <laughs> <laughs> says he only has three to four, four years, years left. left. Uh, yeah. good, good years. Good years left. Yeah, all right. Nicholas Cage. There's a lot. You said it, though. Huge body of work, man. You want to talk about a guy that's getting a lot of paychecks? Fast, it's him. Fast times at Ridgemount High. Although you barely yeah, that's not. Yeah, I don't really count that. And let's get him to real roles here. Yeah. Moonstruck was shared. Yeah, well, people like that one. Not, not so much. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> not, not doing too good over there. Vampire's Kiss. Don't yeah, remember. No, don't even know what the, that is. Never on Tuesday. Don't, don't remember. Never seen it. Time to Kill. Don't remember. No. It. Wild at Heart. That's oh. a good movie. Oh, that's uh, with that's, David Lynch. That's, that's the, that's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. right there. Great movie. 
Best one right there. Actually, Wild at Heart was In one of his better, better moves. Sailor Ripley with Willem Dafoe, Laura Dern, J.E. Freeman, Willem Dafoe Diane Ladd, yep. Isabella Rossellini, Harry Dean Stanton. Some heavyweights. Oh, yeah, I think David Lynch produced that movie. Very well done. All right, there we go. Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. I'll give you that. Leaving Las Vegas. His best. All right, so it looks like in the mid-90s, this is his This is, yeah, he made made hay there. Leaving Las Vegas in 95. 96 was The Rock, in which he played Stanley Goodspeed. (laughs) Cameron Pope, Con Air. Then he did Face Off. Face Off, literally. That's a terrible movie. Yeah. Snake Eyes, horrible. Snake Eyes. Face Off and Snake Eyes, Eyes. both filmed in Montreal. Horrible movies. Gone in 60 seconds. Brutal. National Treasure. Don't even know. Very big movie, the National Treasure. Big, big movie. No, I'm not kidding. It's a big movie? The Na- National Treasure? Really? Yes. Yes, Nas- National Treasure was a big movie. I don't even know. I, honestly, I didn't know you're talking about National Treasure. Sounds made up. It looks brutal. National Treasure was released on November the 19th, 2004, and grossed over $347 million worldwide. That's a lot of money. It's a big movie. <laughs> Steve Merrill joins us next. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Lovely Taylor Stevens says, I cannot stand Nicolas Cage. I love the movie Con Air, but I promised myself years ago I would never watch a Nicolas Cage movie again. And you know that's not true, Taylor. I bet so you've seen Con Air. I bet you've seen the movie The Rock. A few times. The movie Face Off is uh, is, is is pretty bad. It could be one of the stupidest movies and concepts of all time, don't you think? That they uh, they cut the guy's yeah, like face, the face off. off. Like that's the thing. I'm like face off, face off. Like, it was just like, I'm like, I can't believe they put the title face off and the face is actually coming off. I'm like, this can't be true. It's, it was crazy. And his acting, like, I'll tell you, other than leaving laws, I, I, I can't believe I'm winning the poll, though. Usually people uh, I like, side uh, with your opinion there. I like, uh, I like when Nicolas Cage, uh, he yells, though. That's his thing. Yelling? Yeah, like he'll talk normally. Yeah. And then the last one will be a yell. Even just watching right now with the sound down. Like, he'll be like... I'm doing my best to save us all. That's like that's that's his uh, that's his shtick. All right, let's see if Steve Merrill yeah. what Steve Merrill says on uh, Nicholas Cage. Yep. Like I said, I'm not saying Nicholas Cage is Marlon Brando. All I said is Nicholas Cage is a serviceable guy. He's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know if he's Kirk Cousins. He's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. He might be Kirk Cousins. 
He might be Kirk. That's Cousins. bold. I don't know. It's pretty bold. You know what's bold? He's got a lot of a lot of dough. You know the NFL schedule came out yesterday, yeah. and uh, the San Francisco 49ers play the Minnesota Vikings in Week One. The two highest paid quarterbacks in the National Football League battling it out: Kirk Cousins versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Yeah, because that's who we think of the two best <laughs> quarterbacks in the NFL. Let's bring Steve Merrill in uh, right now. Steve, what's going on, Steve? Yeah, a couple things. First of all, both were former backup quarterbacks, so now they're the highest paid. Uh, but we have to give Nicolas Cage credit. I don't really care about him one way or the other, but he's in one of the five best comedy movies of all time. Do not forget, Raised in Arizona. Which one? Oh, Raising Arizona. Oh, it's a blast from the past, Steve. Raising Arizona See, is a that's what I'm saying. great, great movie. That's probably one of the five best comedies actually. ever. It'd have to be up there with Caddyshack, Raising Arizona. Slapshot might make the list. The Canadians would like that one. Um couple other good ones out there as well. <laughs> Better off dead, one crazy that. summer. We all, we all like Slapshot. It's a Canadian legend. Slapshot's <laughs> slap like the, uh, the, the Caddyshack of hockey. Like you said, it's good comparison. Yeah, very few people like, know. The reason I Canadian. say that is because not a lot of people know about Slapshot like they do Caddyshack and those well, other Paul movies. Newman. Paul Newman. i got to be yeah, honest with you. I don't the best know if there's ever a big hit, though. With hockey is Strange, Strange Brew. Brew. Yeah, that movie say that. rocks. I, I have to watch that one again because I heard so much about that years ago. When I saw it, it kind of let me down a little, but I probably need to give it another chance. Oh, Big Lebowski oh, is another give it great a lot one. Of chances. Yeah, well, Big Lebowski was like that's so why I bring it up because I saw that and got a lot of hype, and I was disappointed. Then I watched it about three or four times, and every time you watch that, it gets better and better. And John Goodman, who was also in Raised in Arizona, is fantastic in both of those movies as well. The dude, big, yeah, big, the big, I love the Big Lebowski. Good, great flick. The dude abides. Big Lebowski, uh, Big Lebowski, very good. Yeah, like I said, Nicholas Cage Buscemi's is one of those guys. Well. Yeah, he's done yeah, a lot. He's a great actor, and still, of course, Steve Buscemi is also in Con Air because he's a great actor. And uh, what, what do you think of the movie Con Air, Steve? Basically, this started because yeah, the movie The Rock is on TV. The movie The Rock is on behind Con this. Air. Yeah, oh, I, come I, on. I, you know, I did see parts of Snakes on a Plane, and that was probably Samuel L. Jackson. He has, I think, you know, Pulp Fiction is great, but, boy, he's gone. He can make a case Samuel L. Jackson is like Nicolas Cage in a lot of ways as well. They're all kind of one-hit wonders, and then they kind of carry that into a lot of B, B and C movies after that. Samuel Jackson. He's the Capital One spokesperson now. He's doing quite well. Yeah, Samuel Jackson. Jennifer Garner. Will do, like, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll show up to the opening of an envelope. Yeah, he'll do anything. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Like there's nothing. Hey, there. I, I respect there's that. no movie he wants. Listen, no yeah, commercial he won't do. That I said it before. The Capital One spot with Samuel Jackson, Charles Barkley, and Spike Lee. You actually right. have three smart guys: Spike Lee, Alamo. You know, Spike Lee, Oscar-winning. You know, world-class director. Samuel Jackson, great actor. Charles Barkley, very very funny guy. As far as athletes go, I mean, you see him host Saturday Night Live. He can do skits. He can do whatever you want him to do. And the best thing that they can come up with is we're going to the Alamo oh. Dome, and Charles Barkley says, I love Pi Alamo. I'll tell you what, and I thought about this commercial. As long as we get ice cream. Like, <laughs> like, I don't I understand. Like, but every year they reach a new stupidity of the writing in the app. Right. Like, why can't you just write something creative and say we're using our Capital One card? Like, I don't understand. Here's my take. Why though. does it have to be yeah, so stupid? I- 
No, I agree because I saw those so many times. It became painful watching those during the tournament. But what I my takeaway on that too, I don't know if this is just coincidence, but Barkley was was not afraid to make fun of himself in those commercials. I guarantee you, Samuel L. Jackson would not have been okay with that, and Spike Lee probably wouldn't have been as well. That's what I like about Charles Barkley is. He didn't mind looking like the idiot in those commercials, and that's what made him somewhat funny at times. But those other two guys are along for the ride, and I doubt they would have done that. There's our analysis of <laughs> Nicolas Cage. I'll start it because the movie The Rock is on. Yep. And we're getting a lot of feedback on Twitter right now. Nicholas Cage is coming on right now. Yeah, I, I know the, the, the poll. People are raising Arizona. Up. Steve's changing the poll numbers. Said you got to appreciate no, him for what he is, a, Yeah, you got to give him credit. That's what made him famous. He Craig be Cohen says Lord movies. of War. Gone in 60 seconds. The Rock, face-off, family man. Don't be silly. See, I've uh, seen none of those. Cage got yeah. some backers. Well, All because of raising Arizona. Not, Steve, that's the that put him on the I've seen parts of it, I think. They, those movies all run together John for Malcolm me, all those Mitch. airplane movies. John yeah, I, I, I've, seen, right, so, I've seen most of that, yeah. You see Dick Hallandega Nights? Let's talk NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. Was broom, broom. Broom. I, I have into, seen that. Uh, into NASCAR. It's actually pretty funny, that movie. It is good. Will Ferrell is good. Very oh, solid. amazing, yeah. That's the thing. That's a guy who can keep it together for a long Even his bad is still pretty decent. Will Ferrell's just, he's become the go-to guy for these sports movies. Like you know what I mean? Like if you need, yeah, to, like need, white guy in the NBA yeah, race car, you, you yeah, exactly. sports movie. Yeah. Like it's true. I've been saying they should make a, a movie about like the curlers, Matt the Hammer Hamilton and the crew that won the good call. Uh, and yeah, Will Ferrell. That would actually be a movie. very good Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, you could do a lot with curling. Yeah. That actually is a good call. Yeah, imagine oh, Will Ferrell curling that. and hurry hard yelling and sweeping. Oh yeah, exactly. It'd be a fun little. Uh, <laughs> you know what's funny? I'll look this up actually. <laughs> See, I should be. I, t- I got a million ideas. And the worst Dave. is, they did a Canadian curling movie, Men with Brooms. It was the brute. Like, they need a new curling movie. That's what they need. Something solid. Because that movie was that brutal. 76er fan says, uh, 95 to 2000. Con Air leaving Las Vegas. Rock gone in 60. Great. Awful since. Yeah. So what you're saying? He's like Metallica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Holly Hunter yeah. got her yeah, start that, from Raising yeah. Arizona also. I'm not sure she did much after that. That movie, uh, Wild Things, is good. So, so uh, speak, speaking of NASCAR, people are really, uh, man. Get a nerve. They're, they're, uh, they're flying. Get a in. nerve. They're just, <laughs> they're just, they're flying in uh, here right now. All right. So, uh, NASCAR. So, is this, is this the track that's closest to your place, yeah. Steve? Oh, yeah. This is my hometown track. Uh, Denny Hamlin's as well. Hamlin's from Chesterfield, Virginia, which is nearby Richmond. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is my home track this week. It it's a great track. They also took the backstretch out here like they have at all the other tracks because of attendance. And Bristol, of course, doesn't even – I don't think they even sell out anymore, but it's still probably one of the better-selling tracks. But because of the rain and the Monday race, there's literally 30 people at that race on Monday afternoon. Even Bristol was empty. Um, so, yeah, NASCAR, I don't know what's going on. I mean, the attendance is just not there anymore. It's a problem, and you know what? I looked at the thing for for the track. It's it, it looks like it's the most like fan friendly party thing. Like just the pictures of of, of Richmond was unbelievable. They got a, oh, yeah. they got a drink rail and all sorts of other That's stuff. Awesome. Like they're really fired up, man. It must, it must be fan friendly there. But uh, you talk about you jumping know, Steve, the shark. Noticed- they put in the uh, twenty thousand high rise like in 07. <laughs> it was the worst possible time in history to expand the stadium, and then they end up taking the back stretch out like five years later. Yeah, I guess it's the cost, the time, and also. We've seen, you know, I don't know what they can do about this. I think they'd be better off having the races on Saturday instead of Sunday. 
And they race on Sunday. And, you know, when there's delays and stuff, it gets pushed into Monday. And I know they're kind of screwed because they have the Xfinity Series on Saturday, right? And I don't know if they can move everything up a little bit. But as it is now, I mean, we'll see once this summer. One thing we should note, the weather sucked everywhere. So, you know, look, there was snow earlier in the year for NASCAR, which is unusual. So we'll see when the weather picks up. But it's definitely been a trend, Steve, with the ratings go- the, the ratings and the um, the live attendance going down over the last couple of years. At least in, in the traditional markets. You all right, Cam? Hmm? You all right? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> He's sniffing away over well, there. No, I got, I'm getting a cold, yeah. <laughs> now, this is going to be the first race all yeah, season sorry. where there's not rain or snow. First time all year there's not rain yeah. or snow at a NASCAR event, which That's is pretty what I'm crazy, saying. including Las Vegas, Las Vegas and Phoenix and California were in yeah. the mix. <laughs> but you notice, Steve, I was going to say that. So, like, you know, like, the traditional places, like, Bristol's not selling out, and, like you said, even Richmond, yet they're adding second places in Vegas. It looks like it's sort of picking up out west a little bit, and I don't know if it's because weather's just not a factor there, more of a destination for, for race fans to go to. And I think that there's something to it, Steve. I mean... We, honestly, and no no offense, I know the racing is cooler, Richmond, but if you're a guy and you're with your buddies, what's it going to be funner to go to? Get you know, hang out in Richmond, Virginia for the weekend, or in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, no question. I mean, Las Vegas is a destination, although uh, most of the other tracks like Phoenix, you know, California, most of those aren't really destination spots. Vegas might be the only one on the whole circuit, other than like Daytona, where you can make an army. We can actually like, go make to a Fontana, vacation out of it. Steve. That's the one. That's the one. That's on my pocket. I don't know anything about Fontana. What's in Fontana? The state Fontana. Excuse me. I mean um, Sonoma. Sonoma, not Fontana. Yeah. See, I've actually been to the vineyards. I was in Oakland and went to the vineyards once for like an hour from Oakland. So, yeah, it's funny you say that because I did think of that as I was saying Fontana. I couldn't remember the city. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah, Sonoma is the road course you could make an argument for. Yeah. No, that's the one exactly. You got the rolling hills. And it's like the only NASCAR race where they serve wine at the track. Yeah, really? Instead of, instead of Bud Light and Bush Light, they well, got you wine. Can, you can get your Bud Light yeah. and stuff like that. But, but but they got good vineyards. Yeah, but exactly. You can bring like a – it's one of those things, Steve. Like You can bring a box of wine? Yeah, you bring a basket. You know, you can bring <laughs> your food and a bunch of wine. And like, I like race. that. I like a real picnic at, at a race. I just like seeing NASCAR go burned down last year. Half of them burnt down last year with the forest fire, so who knows what's going on there even. It's been some bad luck for NASCAR in recent years. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the high roller, the the, uh, the high-class uh, NASCAR race. Sonoma, my pet, not Fontana. Fontana is the other California track, which is just very generic. It's a uh, knockoff of the, uh, the one in Detroit. All right, Steve, so, um, you know, this is one of these uh, tracks here. You know well. We'll give you the floor. It's in your backyard, but it's the same guys all the time, essentially. You talked about Chesterfield, Virginia native Denny Hamlin. Uh, he's won here three times. Um, Kyle Busch has had a lot of success uh, here before. Um, it compares. Uh, they run the same uh, setup, uh, basically, um, as they do in New Hampshire and, um, and in Phoenix. So what do you make of uh, this race this week? Yeah, I mean, the guys that normally do well here do well every year because it's a very unique track. It's the only three-quarter-mile track on the circuit. The only two that are smaller are Bristol and Martinsville. They're both half miles, but they're both totally different. Martinsville is completely flat. Bristol is extremely banked, almost like Talladega or Daytona. Richmond races more like a mile or mile-and-a-half speedway, yet it's shorter, and that's why the drivers really like it, and it's also why it produces good racing. I think the two best short-track racers of Bristol, Martinsville, and Richmond consistently have been Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin. They're both Gibbs cars, their teammates. That's been the best team over the past year. Kevin Harvick has also been very good here. He and Kyle Busch have been the best two drivers this year overall. What's interesting about Kyle Busch, though, 
is that he has not finished better than ninth the past three Richmond races. He had a couple second-place finishes before that, but he's obviously capable of winning. He looked really good at Bristol last week. Uh, Denny Hamlin also, I think, is probably the co-favorite with him. Guy I want to mention, though, is Joey Logano and Keselowski, his teammate. They've both been very good here. Logano finished first and second in the two Richmond races last year. And as you remember, Gabe, he won that spring race, got penalized. The win didn't count. He ended up not even making the playoffs because of that. Really did nothing the rest of the year except in the fall race at Richmond. He finishes second, exactly. which would have gotten him into the playoffs had he finished first. So that shows how strong he is at this track. I'm, I'm curious to see if he's going to be heavily owned in DraftKings because I'm putting Logano in my lineup. And I think he wants to prove to the world. He, he wants to get back. He hasn't won since, Steve. What, be, what better way to win again and say, screw you, Why, unless he fails the inspection again after the race, then we got a real problem. But uh, I actually think he's got a legitimate chance of winning. But, yeah, guys, there ain't going to be no long shot winning uh, this week. There's a couple other we should mention. Kyle Larson That's what I was going to say. the fastest day in practice today, too. The two guys yeah. that they were talking about is, like, starting in your, like, DFS and, and betting. They were talking about Logano, as you guys were talking about, and Larson. Larson finished second last week, too. So, I don't know, Steve. He seems like a guy to go to. Yeah, Kyle Larson led the most laps last week, and Kyle Busch passed him with five laps to go, which is basically one minute left in the race at Bristol because it's so short. Um, So he almost won last week. He won the fall race, and he came in second the year before in the fall race. Only went 14th and 15th in the spring races, but that means nothing because it's the exact same track. He's obviously capable. As you mentioned, Cam, he was first fastest in the the happy hour practice session that just happened this afternoon. Um, One other guy, too, I'll mention a couple long shots, caught double digits in the odds, Eric Jones and Clint Boyer. We've been talking about them a lot recently. Uh, they both are capable of running pretty well in this type of track. I talked about this being comparable to Phoenix, and uh, they use the same setup the drivers do. He was sixth at Phoenix. He's won twice here before. I agree as far as Clint Boyer. We're going to talk some DFS later with NASCAR. And uh, Daniel Suarez is a guy to take a look at. David Reagan uh, is a nice cheap uh, punt play uh, this week as well. We've only got a couple of minutes left here, Steve. So NBA basketball uh, this evening. Uh, we saw Philadelphia last night win in the old zigzag, right? They're the more desperate team. Oh, you know, we got to get the game back that we just lost on our home court. Miami played good for a while. They just fell apart. They had a hard time yeah. dealing with Embiid. And, they you did. know, no one expected Embiid to play. I think uh, Miami can get back on track in the next game. Then you got Cleveland and Indiana. Not often that LeBron's going to be an underdog in the playoffs, but he is tonight. The Pacers are minus one this evening. The Raptors were getting two. That's at one and a half right now. And the money's coming in right now. The game I like, actually, I I thought the number was too high at plus six for Boston. It's down to five uh, right now. What do you make of the NBA board tonight, Steve? Yeah, the Milwaukee game is interesting because I think the Bucks probably you know win game three at home, but five is definitely too high. But it's tough to get a real accurate power rating on the Celtics right now because they're still missing three of their best players. But Milwaukee really is looking like a one-man team, and I think you can make an argument that the rest of that rotation probably isn't even playoff caliber. Boston's still the most efficient defensive team in the Eastern Conference, so isn't it kind of ironic that you know Stevens won those games at Butler with the kind of that half-court defensive style? Might be what he has to do with the Celtics here if he wants to make any noise with all those injuries. Um, I think. Milwaukee probably wins tonight. I think five is too much to lay. Uh, that Cleveland series, though, is very interesting because Cleveland's just an overrated team. I played against them in game one. The Pacers won outright. I stayed off it in game two because it was that bounce-back spot for Cleveland. They made 11-3, shot 51%, and they still only won by three points. Uh, I think that's a really bad sign. Whether the Pacers win or lose tonight, I think Indiana could still win this series. 
I think they're going to be the top play on the, the NBA board tonight. Think about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. You're get, they're getting eight in game one. They covered and one outright, blew them out. They almost won the other game, if not for LeBron James they early in that game. And, they had, and, and they had foul problems, and they're only laying one tonight. I'm all over the Pacers tonight. Steve Merrill, find him over at uh, CoversExperts.com, ProSportsInfo.com. Thanks for taking time to be with us, Steve. Thanks, guys. Take care. Uh, we'll take a quick break, but Benno will join us a little bit later on. Interesting story. They can't find anyone to uh, to do Monday Night Football, and Fox is going hard after Peyton Manning to step into the booth. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Game time decision. Get ready for Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network continues. Full slate of Major League Baseball this evening. NBA basketball, NHL hockey. I'll give you some credit there with uh, your plays last night. Both of the games gone under. This overrun uh, for the last two nights, every single game has gone under. The books were putting up sixes and stuff. You're taking advantage now. It's hard to get over six. More power to you, Gabe. Good pick. Yeah, we nailed Duke the, Araska, uh, I'll tell you something. Bruins leaves under six last night. They're just The Bruins and, uh, are so opportunistic, better goaltending, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, what, what can you say, man? The, the Toronto's big trouble. Yeah, that series is big all big trouble. trouble. Yeah, well, on Saturday night, the Bruins are laying 190 right now. And uh, they will probably. They uh, should put get the it. They, they should get it done. Yeah, the Leafs' defense is too slow. They're brutal. They're in quicksand. I believe. Um, I believe that uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins oh, see the, will eliminate the Philadelphia Flyers this evening. Yeah. Oh, I. I don't know if you can make a case. Take a look at the NHL lines and look at the juice. There's never been three like minus two seventy Pittsburgh over Philadelphia. That total six in that game. Winnipeg, with their one of their best defensemen still out. They have a call-up, but he's also the American Hockey League like best defenseman there. Minus 230 against Minnesota, five and a half. And Nashville is laying 350 against Colorado. Like, you can't even barely put a parlay that pays anything together you with gotta, these favorites. you got to parlay all three of them. Yep, you do. You have to parlay all three of them or go it, minus one and a half, it, minus one and a half, minus one and a it half. It pays plus 152. With three favorites to win. All three favorites to win pays plus 152 uh, this evening. Now, the Philadelphia Flyers are going to be desperate uh, tonight, but they're just overwhelmed. Their goaltending situation, too, with Elliott and Mrazek compared to Murray of Pittsburgh. It's like not only does Pittsburgh have skilled players that are better, they have 100 times better goaltending. And Pittsburgh are two-time defending Stanley Cup champions who understand the premium of closing out series is earlier. Yeah, they might take Mur- they might just destroy them. They're tonight. a veteran team. They're not just going to be like, oh, we're, we're good, and, you know, we'll see what happens. They're going to want to end this because they're going to want to get some rest. They're going to want to end this, especially with Columbus and Washington and Right now in a collision course to play. Imagine you took seven games. Washington. When Columbus was up two to nothing and heading home, and the series, the series yeah. price went from I, I I forget what I thought I saw. They Washington. were like plus six hundred, plus six fifty or yeah, something. Yeah, well now, now now they're minus one seventy or one. Well, what did I more. tell you yesterday? Alexander Ovechkin yeah, guaranteed yep, it, and you I, were right. I bought in. You did buy in. I wish I bought in. Never doubt a Russian. <laughs> 
When a Russian says something, <laughs> it's the, you listen. It's gospel. No, it's, it's, it's true. It's gold. It's as good as gold. Good as gold. That's why I believe that uh, the Russians did not collude uh, and uh, interfere yep. with any election. Nice and clean. I don't think that they have anything to do nefarious in Syria. <laughs> And I don't think their Olympic athletes uh, use performance-enhancing no. uh, substances Clean. like they stated. You want to know why? Because they said they didn't do it. <laughs> it's all we need. <laughs> they're worth their bond. <laughs> that is until they, they say, we change deal. We change deal now. We change deal. I know a US, I know an MMA promoter and uh, <laughs> an MMA promoter and... It's so on, like, national television and stuff, and Fedor Melienko's brother's a fighter, psychopath guy. So it's like, you know, the Russian, you know, basically gangsters and mob, you know, the cartel. They're in. They're basically, like, backstage before yep. the fight. Yep. And literally, like, 25 minutes before the main event, they call the promoter over, and they're like, uh, uh, hello, yes, uh, we, we changed deal. We changed deal. We need, uh, need 15000 now. Another 15,000. <laughs> or no, no, no fight. No fight. Like, they basically just held them hostage. Yep. Like, they said, More like, money. 20 minutes for the fight. That was the exact words. We change deal. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, we have a contract. Well, no, no, no. no, no, no. We no. change deal. We change deal. Yeah, I think it was 25,000 they wanted. They wanted an extra $25,000 uh, for one reason or another at the last uh, second. It's one of the reasons why the UFC has never gone to Russia. Oh, yeah. Those fights? <laughs> now manipulation. Dana White before admitted basically that he couldn't. He stated basically, no. They said they'll try to kill me if I go there. Now they have their own fight leagues in Russia, and they're not going to take kindly to an American company they just coming, coming in into there, their yeah. backyard. Mm. Now I'm not going to say where, but I know basically once once the UFC went to a place, let's just say Quebec, they went to a place. <laughs> Where um, the bikers have a lot of control yes. over the mixed martial arts world. In the lower tier uh, stu- in well, not, the stuff that's run or not even so in the lower, higher tier? Not so lower tier. Yeah. Like basically TKO in Montreal. TKO in Montreal is a popular fight brand. Produced George St. Pierre. Yep. It's produced other world champions. They, they sell 13,000 tickets, 15,000 tickets at, at, at the Bell Center in Montreal. So the UFC just can't go there. It's like cutting in on a drug dealer's turf. Mm-hmm. You Good can, call. UFC can go to Kansas. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't go to Moscow. You can't just. They could easily turn the lights off. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like for sure. Bad things could. Bad things could happen. It's Russia, Cam. Yeah, yeah. people need oh, to yeah, be paid. For sure. I know. Yeah, it'd be a real shame if there was a fire in the hotel where all the fighters were staying. Right? Yeah. Like you know, there's a lot of things that could happen. Bad unless. You grease the right yeah. wheels. And you'd have to grease a lot of money. And basically, Putin runs Russia. Like, he, he he knows about everything about everything. You're not just going there. Oh, yeah, we're just a yeah. company, and we're, we're coming yeah. here, and you know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to and cut in. So, Bring a briefcase. So Dana White's always stated that he'd like to go to Russia, but it's just not worth it due to sort of the headaches that would be behind it. Now they're, they're talking about that uh, right now, about going to Russia. But it's funny, when they, they went to a place... And uh, basically, the, the deal was, you, you they have to put on their fighters. So let's just say hypothetically. So the UFC would have to meet with, like, a Russian yep. who's sort of in charge of mixed martial arts and the scene, so to speak. 
and they would say, all right, listen, you take these eight guys, and they're going to be on, be on the, your card. They're going to yeah. be on the undercard. And and then you give us, you know, 4,000 tickets. Like, I heard in Montreal, actually, once. Like, they basically shook them down for, like, three, 4,000 tickets. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> At the end, we, when we were at it. And, we, and, and, and this way, and the the bikers who own all the strip clubs. Yep, and they own a lot of stuff. So they're like casino owners. Mm-hmm. Like, they're nicer than a lot of people are, right? So then they're giving tickets out to yep. their good customers. Yeah, man, you played a lot of blackjack this month, sir. Thanks for buying an eight ball of blow from me yeah. every two days, yeah. buddy. Here's a ticket UFC. to the UFC <laughs> for you. You know what I mean? For sure. It's like, a, yeah, it's just it's like a Vegas thing. Yeah. Like there's, Customer appreciation. There's, there's, there's trade-offs, Ken, yeah. right? Of course there is. It's like there's trade-offs. Trade-offs and <laughs> everything, Marancy. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to be do- doing on this this board tonight. I'm going to be putting a lot of parlays in together, Nashville, I can tell you that. In Nashville, I guess you got to pay off the, uh, the country music goons. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> well, you go to Nashville, right? Like, basically, your server and, like, some guy that you're seeing at the local uh, honky-tonk rib shack is basically as good as these people on, like, The Voice or any other show on TV. Like, everybody in Nashville, your server is still an above-average musician yeah. that would come to your town and crush anybody in a karaoke-slash-real-life music competition. Yeah, it's That's like, just the uh, way they are. Everybody's a pro there. Like, you go there, you're like, wow, what's this guy doing? Oh, he's my waiter. Oh, he's amazing. It's like if you just walk down the street in uh, in Quebec. You walk down the street in Montreal in a neighborhood. You could randomly pluck, like, five kids and probably have a good hockey team. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, you in know, Nashville, you got a damn good band. Yeah, like, you just sort yeah. of look. Like, the kid would obviously, like, see him with a stick and just a jacket or whatever and say, all right, kid, we're randomly, you're in, you're in. Yep. And that's it. That I'll be flying around and be like, hey, "These guys don't <laughs> suck." You know what I mean? For sure, they, they don't. I've said it before, though, dude. There's guys in playgrounds like right now around America and stuff that are as good as guys in the NBA. Like, there's dudes that can dunk better. Like they would win the NBA yep. slam dunk competition and stuff. But they're criminals. They're drug dealers. Yep. They've been in jail. They're gangsters. They don't listen to authority. They would. They'd rather like steal. They'd steal everything in the locker room. <laughs> it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. Supposed to, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like they don't look at the big picture. Look at all the stuff I got. They'd be like, "Damn, man, about I the steal, paycheck. steal DeMar DeRozan's chain, yeah. man." Like you know what I mean? Like they're street guys, right? Like you know, like you know, this like, it's just like hockey. There's a lot, you know. How many bouncers in strip clubs across Canada could have been, should have, would have, could have, would have, should have? Been a fighter? Yeah. No, a hockey player. Yeah. This. Well, a lot of them, yeah, brothers play in the league and stuff like that. You, I even know them even from the local taverns. You can't sit down at a bar in Canada, in any bar in any city in Canada, without, without some loser telling you. Yeah, my best buddy's on the team. If I didn't hurt my <laughs> knee, if I didn't hurt my knee when I was 14, I'd be on the Flyers right now. I was gonna get drafted, and you know, I was on. I was, I was about to play junior, and you know, you know, well, I had a bad back injury, and like, think like I always hear every yeah. asshole says the same thing. I could have made it, but I had an injury. You know what I tell people? I could have made it, uh, but I was a juvenile delinquent, and I wasn't good enough. Fair, there's, the truth. There's like a better. That's what I say. The other one is they blame the coach. The coach didn't like me. Coach, the coach, you know, the coach's son was on the team, and I, you know, I didn't get ice time enough. You know. <laughs> It's not my fault. I'm not in a, in a professional hockey player now. Everyone else's fault. I, I had good hands. Just uh, keeping up with the speed, man. There's some fast guys out there. Not not fast enough. That's the problem. There's just, hockey changed, man. It went from big lumbering power forwards, and then it got 
right at the end, all these little speed bugs, these water bugs, man, everybody was fast. Yeah, that's a good point. And in, in, in the old days, you could yeah, be Yeah, in the old days, it was amazing. Now, er- out. now everybody's fast. Yep. You can't keep up with these guys. It's ridiculous. The level of sport. Yeah, the level of sport is speed. And in every sport. Yeah, yeah it's it, it, the it, it, That's the thing. Like, you say the old guys, oh, man, when you watch those old things, you watch old NBA games, old hockey games, it's like, come on, man. I know no, times have changed. Oh, they would get murdered. I'm, I hate to say it. Like, it would, wouldn't even be close. It would be stupid. Yeah, even, like, you watch the best of the best, and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I know. It sounds sacrilegious, but even, like, Wayne Gretzky and those oh, Oilers he, no, games, oh, they would get pummeled. They wouldn't win. No, they wouldn't. They, no way. The Florida Panthers would kick the crap out of them, just like an average NHL team would destroy them. I agree. 100%. Like, it was a different era. Wayne Gretzky weighed, like, 160 pounds, 158 mm-hmm. pounds. Like, the guy was real thin. He didn't get hit. Nope. Because he was so fast. And secondly... People were scared to hit him because they were going to get killed after. Now, no one's scared of anything right now, yeah. right? They're not going to get killed because I know you're not going to jump off the bench because you're going to get suspended exactly. for a year and lose 60 games pay, right? So, True. They, 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 no, there's no – it's just different. And look, Mike Bossy told me this, man. Mike Bossy, one of the greatest hockey players ever to play the game. True. It was on our greatest, morning show at XM. He used to hack, to hack darts, Humpty yeah. Dumpty potato chips. One of the greatest uh, goal scorers ever. True. And uh, Mike Bossy, I asked him about, you know, people are always asking, how do they match up and stuff. And he told me, and I remember vividly, he said the worst team in the NHL, not the time it was the Florida Panthers. Yeah. And he said the worst team in the NHL, the Florida Panthers, would smash our championship oh. Islander team. Yeah, and I, I even said, no, no, no. And uh, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, dude, he goes, they're just too fast. They're too big. He goes, we're just, it, it was a different speed, different intensity. And it is true. You look at the size. It doesn't mean that the players are better now. They're just in better shape. That's the only difference. Yeah, but back then, remember after the game. Like, they, they don't shoot better now than Larry Bird. No, they in hockey, I think that with the equipment, they have harder harder slap shots. Nah. When you, yeah, I think they do. Yeah, but they don't have any aim. I'm just saying, when you look at when you Dude, look, boom, 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 Jeffrey uh, in 1957 could tee it up with a piece of wood that was like a tree trunk. That's what I'm saying. Imagine right. a graphite uh, graphite stick. They just break the stick now. Like they don't even need these graphite sticks. But when they're having a shooting competition, they these guys are shooting over 100 miles an hour. They can't even hit the net. Yeah, but the old guys can shoot hard, too, dude. Reed Larson can freaking tee it up and stuff like that. It's like today's basketball players. They're not better than Michael Jordan. They don't understand the game more than Isaiah Thomas nope. or Larry Bird. I agree with that. They're just bigger. They can jump higher. They are more athletic. You know, before, point guards used to be six feet tall. Isaiah Thomas, one of the greatest point guards ever, was six feet tall. Now, Cam, your average point guard is 6'3", 6'4", right? Yep. Everybody before was a big, big, big deal to have, oh, you got a seven-foot center. Nowadays, seven-foot guys hit three-point shots, man. You, you, exactly. you watch Joel Embiid's training threes last night like it's nothing. You know, Carl Anthony Towns, these guys hit threes from the perimeter. It's a completely different world. They're not better. It's just a new, different era yeah. in which it's faster. It's faster, quicker, jump high. Yeah, they're just the athleticism sort of like, better. It's sort of like uh, Amelia Earhart and these people and the Wright brothers going all the way back. You know, the Wright brothers invented the plane. All right? Now, right now, some piece of crap plane for Southwest is faster. Yeah. It's bigger. 
Doesn't mean Southwest are smarter than the Wright brothers. Oh, the Wright brothers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they didn't have an engine that would blow and go through, go through a window. <laughs> it's all just sort of perspective. Now, you said it, though. The, the way, like, when you look at that, like Denny Potvin, they had different body tra- types now. Like, you look at, like, a guy like Brent Burns compared to them. These guys were, like, kind of roly poly. They go out for beers, hacking. Like, there it was are a different the, generation. There are, the, there are a few exceptions of yesteryear of defensemen that would be able to play in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. It's more the forwards. Just be, you know, not all of them, but look, well, like like Mike Bossy said, Mike Bossy was a skinny dude. He didn't work out. Great hands. You know what I mean? Like Mike mm-hmm. Boss told me he never lifted a weight in his life. Uh, you know, I, I spoke to Marcel Dion, and uh, I remember uh, Bernie Nichols. Yep. Bernie Nichols, I asked him about, and he said the same thing. He goes, these guys would kill us. And Bernie Nichols told me um, that he didn't know that they, where the weight room was at the Inglewood no. Forum. <laughs> exactly. No, like I, he, I know. He said, "No, I didn't. I didn't know. Like I didn't even know there was a, if there was." He goes, "I don't know even if there was a gym." And he basically stated that the L.A. Kings gym was a uh, a bicycle. Yeah, just get on a the bike. stationary bicycle. <laughs> like that was the workout regimen, essentially, right? Like it's just completely different now. So the players are in better shape now. A hundred times better. It's like the fighters now are in better shape, but they're not necessarily better. No, I agree. No, but like Dennis Pavic could play. Larry Robinson could play, play now. Larry Robinson's a big dude then. He's a big dude now, right? There's guys, it's just sort of the Wayne Gretzky's of the world. Mike Bossy. It's sort of like Joe Montana. If you watch old tape of Joe Montana, guys, Joe Montana was a small dude. Like, Joe Montana's a little guy. Like, Joe Montana right now... If he was coming into the combine, they would say, "Oh, he's got a weak arm and uh, he's too small." CFL, he's too brittle, right? Like they, it's sports has changed. Oh, for sure. Not not necessarily for the better, though. And, I agree you know, with each, that. Each sports different. Baseball is pretty much the same for the most part, but uh, you know the 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 context around the game changes. So yeah, I don't know though, man. Philadelphia is going to be freaking desperate tonight. Uh, they, they should have been desperate at home the last game, though. Minnesota's going to be desperate. Yeah. They're all going to be desperate. Out of the dogs, so. which dog do you think has the best chance to win? Minnesota? It's tough. Pretty Very tough. tough. I'd say Colorado. Colorado's playing Nashville really tight they the are. last couple games. Colorado are a dangerous team who can score, so yeah. they, they've always got a chance. They're in these games. I think Hammond, the backup goalie, is starting tonight instead of Bernier, too. They were talking about that. I think Nashville will win, though, like 4-3 or something. I'm parlaying it. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Our Major League Baseball two-team bangers, the parlays, have been cashing on a daily basis so far this week, uh, keeping us afloat. I swear to God, man, it's I think it's been maybe seven days in a row now. No, it's actually since I went to the Raptors game. So six days in a row, literally. 
Sunday? No, that's uh, five days. Whatever. Since Sunday. <laughs> Anyways, it's been like five, six nights in a row that the biggest bet of the night I make, I lose. Oh, yeah. But you win all the little ones. Yeah. But no, but it's like every night. Every night. Two nights ago, I smashed the, the Cavalier Pacer game to go over the number. Stays under. I somehow break even because I go like 4-0 in the NHL, and I win two baseball parlays, and it makes up for one big bet. <laughs> Last night, went big in on the stupid Miami Heat. Same crap, man. Crushed the NHL, hit a bunch of baseball parlays. Hit all the other NBA. I Hit ended the up, Pelicans and Golden State. Yeah. yeah, I ended up plus units last night. But I'm not really running away with anything or getting ahead because every damn night, man, and it's stupid because I always tell people don't bet different amounts on different games. But bet you the tell same me that amount on every game. That's what you say. You say uh, I, know. I don't practice what I preach. Yeah, but if I just bet every amount on every stupid game, I would have been in this boat. So tonight, I'm sort of just gonna systematically, uh, you know, pick apart each game and uh, take my chances. I do like that Pens, Jets, Preds a parlay. Let's bring in uh, Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, uh, right now, sportsmemo.com. You can uh, get his picks over at sportsmemo.com. You can watch his videos over at SBR Picks, sportsbookreview.com's YouTube page. Babano, uh, what's up, Babano? How are you boys today? Doing good? Yeah, a bit better. <laughs> Can't lie, man. It's been a crappy week. It's been a tough week. It's been a crappy week with a lot of problems, a lot of death in the air, man. People just keep dying. Some other DJ died today. It's a big star, 28 uh, years old. But, you know, Babano, we take one day at a time, buddy. That's all we can do, right? And uh, try to try to beat the book. That's try right. You win, take it. Try to win some, beat, win a game. And uh, it's like Elaine said in Seinfeld, like with the, uh, the cake every day. You're trying to fill, fill the void in your shallow, sad, pathetic lives by eating a cake, piece of cake. You know, we're trying to fill the void in our sad, pathetic lives by hitting a parlay. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's still, exactly right. You hear stuck. two hours later. Yeah, you hear some of the stories around us. Obviously, we heard uh, Avicii uh, passing away earlier today. You know, obviously, our good friend Dave Malinsky, we're all worried sick about uh, where he could be right now as they continue to look for him. It just puts things in perspective, guys. I mean, sports betting, Greg, we Greg enjoy Popovich's it. His wife, Greg yep. Popovich's wife. Uh, two nights ago, uh, dude from Night Court, only 65 years old. He bit it. We can go on and on. So yeah, exactly. Dave Avicii. Avicii, exactly. And I'm a big electronic yeah. and dance fan, as you as you well know, Gabe. And just 28 years old, a guy that just came back onto the scene last year after taking a three, four high year hiatus to sort of get his life back together and on track. And then you hear about him passing away today. It's just a little bit of a shock to the system when you hear something like that. Man, it shows something new about Bobano every day. I never knew he was a fan of Electronica. It shows how out of touch I am. Yeah. I thought the I guys, didn't know who he was either. I thought the game, guy's name was uh, Avici. I didn't know it was Avici. <laughs> you know, I sort of seen his name before, but I didn't realize how big he was either. Like uh, how yeah, tomato, tomato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how big uh, the guy was. Like uh, massive artist. The DJ scene's big time uh, right now. All right, uh, Babano. So on a lighter note, uh, right now NHL hockey. Can you make an argument for any one of the underdogs tonight with the Flyers, the Wild, or the Avalanche? Cam just asked me which uh, one he thinks I have the best chance of winning. I don't like any of the dogs tonight, but Colorado are giving Nashville all that they can handle. But 
I think all three favorites win tonight. Parlayed is plus 152. What do you think of the NHL board tonight? Yeah, I mean, if I had to set a number, number of teams to uh, advance tonight, uh, or number of teams to pull an upset and continue the series tonight, I'd put 0.5 and I wouldn't be getting it over. Uh, I think it's going to be tough tonight for these uh, dogs to, to prolong the series. Cause I'm looking at a Philadelphia team the other night where it looked like their will and their spirit and their belief was just completely crushed in that loss the other night in game four. I'm not sure what's left in their tank. Now, they might get Couturier back. He's a game-time decision. That's going to help a lot. Uh, but I just didn't see a lot of will and belief left in that Flyer team. I think they had it completely uh, taken out of them by the Penguins, who just dominated them twice in Philadelphia. So I think they could they could be done tonight. I don't trust Minnesota to score goals or even generate shots on the road. They barely generated 20 shots on goal, you guys, in the first two games in Winnipeg. So I can't really trust them to extend the series, especially without Zach Parise. And for Colorado, the only thing I think the Hamburglar is capable of in that is robbing the Avalanche of a chance to win this series. Uh, I don't trust him uh, in terms of uh, stopping the puck, a 3.4 goals against average in the postseason. So, yeah. <laughs> I love them. Hamburger burgers. <laughs> Beating him. Stop. Stop. He's already dead. And making it worse, guys, is Hammond's in net tonight, third goalie for Colorado. You've got a patchwork injury riddled defense in front of him. I see David Warstowski as a starting defenseman for Colorado tonight. This guy's had more stints in the AHL than I have fingers. I mean, it's really, really difficult to trust uh, this young, inexperienced Colorado blue line tonight when Nashville scored five goals in their two home games in this series. So I think all three underdogs are probably going to bite the dust tonight. Then I got fingers. <laughs> I love Babano. Hey, Babano, you saw Gabe and I were talking. It used to be uh, a license to print money with those overs the last couple of nights. Keep digging. Lots of unders. We see two games at six tonight. Any uh, vibe on the totals? I know with the elimination games, you might be pulling the goaltender early. So that kind of has a lean to the to, to the overs there in Pittsburgh and the Nashville game. But uh, Minnesota and the Jets still five and a half. Any totals that catch your eye? Yeah, I don't trust the Minnesota game team to score, so I don't really love the over there. I'd have to lean under. I'd have to lean under with Pittsburgh, too, because I don't know what the Flyers are going to do. Matt Murray's completely in their head. He's got their number. He's been fantastic. 9.55 save percentage, 1.27 goals against. The one game that might break out offensively with goals and bunches is in uh, Nashville tonight. I mean, you've got a long-term over-trending series history. I think Nashville will score the first or second goal. And Colorado's going to have to go after it at that point. There's no tomorrow. I think you know, that one will be more of an up-and-down game. I don't trust the Colorado Blue Line or Andrew Hammond. So that's the one over I could see happening, abs and predators. Uh, Ian Cameron with us, sportsmemo.com, uh, sportsbookreview.com. So, uh, Babano, uh, Pacers and Cavs uh, tonight. We were talking with Steve Merrill earlier, and he brought up a theme that uh, that I've heard a couple of people bring up as far as this game is concerned tonight is that the Cavaliers got all they got from LeBron James the other night and and everybody else, and they played the game at home, and the Pacers were still within three points, and they could have tied the game late. I don't understand why. You know, I get it, man. Oladipo's their guy. But Collison was the one that kept hitting threes down the stretch to get him back in the game. You know, I really would have given let Collison taken that shot at the end of the game. But whatever. Oladipo rushed a three, and uh, the Cavaliers escaped. This is, you know, I think this is pretty much the series here. Like, I, it really is. And I hate to say it because uh, I'm pulling for the heat, but the teams that win in the NBA in the first round, game three, win 73% of the time. And I see this. Like, the Cavaliers are beatable, but 
you can't give LeBron life. If you're down 2-1, they're not beating them. Yeah. And we bitch about the Raptors getting screwed by the league. You oh, know, they don't want the Raptors on TV. They don't want the Pacers advancing either, all right? You know, you think they want LeBron or they want yeah. uh, they want the freaking Indiana Pacers on TV for the next three weeks on ABC? Um, it's pretty clear. Like, the Pacers aren't going to get calls. They need to deliver the knockout punch so the ref can't screw yeah. them. I think they can do it, Babano, but is it just wishful thinking because I want the Cavs out of the way? I think the Pacers can win this game tonight, but am I crazy? They, yeah, they got what they wanted, a split in Cleveland. If you would have asked the Pacers, what would we like in the first two games? A split in Cleveland is what they would have been asking for, and they got it. Although I do think it's contingent upon this Pacers team to not win just one, but both home games here at Conseco or Bankers Life, whatever they're calling it now, Fieldhouse. I think they're going to have to win both of these home games because I think if this series gets back to Cleveland 2-2, it's still advantage Cavs. You're going to have to win a, a, a road game in Cleveland one more time. I'm not sure they'd be able to do that again. So I think if Indiana could sweep these two games at home, not an easy task, but I've seen Cleveland really melt down at times, have some really shoddy, poor performances away from home, and uh, I wouldn't put it past them to do it uh, again here. I think Indiana's still got a chance in this series, and if you're playing the zigzag theory, it's got me leaning Pacers here as well tonight. Yeah, I like the Pacers. Hey, but Benno, what about the Toronto and Washington? Bradley Beal's been really bad for Washington. Eventually, he's going to wake up. The Raptors, they've been uh, fantastic and deep. 12, 13 guys right now getting one and a half points. Uh, it's interesting. You want to pull the trigger with these guys. When Gabe, we've been talking about it. the totals. No defense. 218, the biggest total of the night. But I'm still uh, thinking about taking the over because, man, these guys can't stop anybody. What do you think about the Raptors and Wiz game tonight? Yeah, I can't bet an under in this series, Cam, until I see a Washington defense that can stop the Raptors, and they haven't been able to do that through two games, and there's been different people killing them. I mean, Kyle Lowry's had some moments. DeMar's had big moments. C.J. Miles has crushed them with the three ball. So there's not been many defensive answers for Scotty Brooks here in this uh, Washington uh, Wizards team, uh, and I don't know. I don't like the vibe either. If you saw a close-up shot on the Washington bench in game two, you see John Wall and Marcin Gortat you know, chirping at one another, sort of bickering a little bit. I don't like the the chemistry vibe, the locker room vibe, so to speak, going on with Washington. This smells like one, two, three Cancun written all over it. Uh, Wizards are going to be gone maybe four games straight, maybe even five. I got no problems taking all points I can get with Toronto. I think finally they have that killer instinct in them to maybe get out of a series in four or five games for a change instead of letting a team hang around for six or seven. I think the Raptors, this might finally be the team capable of putting their foot on someone's throat. I'm the biggest uh, Raptor fan you amongst are. the three of us uh, here. And you saw Washington got close in that other game, too. They didn't put their foot down. They got actually a big three ball by Miles changed the whole face facet of that game there, Morency. The fact of the matter is uh, Dwayne, uh, with Dwayne Casey, the Toronto Raptors are 5-14 and 14 straight up and 6-13 and 13 against the spread on the road uh, in the playoffs. Uh, as dysfunctional, and I agree, Babano, obviously the Wizards uh, have chemistry issues. They don't like each other. Um, but they're good at home. They're 6-0 and against the spread and straight up, actually, in their last six home playoff uh, games. It's a tough spot. The Raptors, you know, they got the Raptors got swept by the Wizards a couple of years ago. So yep. they'd like to return Turn the favor. The favor. Yep. They'd like to get this series over with quickly and move on and get rest. I think they understand the big picture here, but Washington's going to throw the kitchen sink uh, tonight. I'm, I'm worried. I'm going to be betting the over of this game, and even though I'm a Raptor fan, I can't just blindly bet them with these these trends of them. They're not a good play. They're not a good road team in the playoffs. Like they never have been. I'm just a little bit concerned. I'm gonna wait for the in game. 
Because Washington's going to come out. Washington first quarter is probably a good bet. Washington going to come out on fire, man. I'm telling you, man. Beal's going to hit some shots, and Wall's going to hit a few shots. They don't like each other, but they're not just going to quit. But Well, an interesting game, trend to watch. Goes yeah, it was just sort of like the Spurs last night. Spurs came out playing strong. That Golden State, yeah, better team comes through. Eventually, they got worn out. This isn't as much of a mismatch, but... Don't sleep on the Wizards tonight. Like, and I'm saying this as a Raptor fan. The Wizards are going to come to play tonight. They might. And if I like Washington, I'd be more uh, keen to take them first quarter and first half as well. Because the one thing we've seen in the last two NBA postseasons is these teams down 2-0 at home. And that first quarter, first half trend has been magnificent. Something like 18-3 and against the spread. First quarter, first half, these teams down 0-2 at home. And I think that's the better option if you like Washington. I think Toronto could gain some traction as the game goes on. But Washington could come out, try to throw that first punch. It didn't work last night, though. San Antonio in that first opportunity... To bet that trend, teams down 0-2 at home. They didn't cash a first quarter or first half bet, so maybe tread lightly. Maybe the numbers are going to turn in the other direction with that long-term trend. i got to think the books are baiting us with the final game on the night. I thought this line would open up Milwaukee maybe three. Like now, or what was it? Like It was six down to five. Seems like a lot of points, almost like baiting you to take the Celtics as a dog. And you know what? I'm not comfortable Babano laying five with Milwaukee uh, after the first couple games of the series. You got any thoughts on this one? The coaching matchup alone is worth taking Boston plus any points I can get. That's all there is to it. Uh, Joe Prunty's not had an answer. He had a poor game plan going into game two. Uh, that team was just didn't look like adequately prepared to play basketball to the level the Boston Celtics were. You're seeing Milwaukee not get a lot from their role players. You're seeing Boston get good performances from everybody. Jalen Brown's been great. Tatum's been great. Terry Rozier's been an unsung hero for them. That's coaching. Coaching to put the team in the best position to win. Stevens has done that. Prunty has not. I know Milwaukee in a spot here where they're down 0-2 at home. They need the win. I'm not laying this many points to do it. I think if Milwaukee wins, it'll be by the skin of their teeth. I'll take Boston plus the points. Yeah, Boston, yeah. Boston with, even with all the injuries, man, they're still they're, a they're very, gritty. very dangerous yeah. team that uh, gets uh, gets disrespected by the odds makers. They were disrespected with the future odds coming in here with all the injuries. And, you know, listen, Kyrie Irving's awesome, but Terry Rozier... Hasn't missed a beat, man. The guy's unbelievable. They're going to be so freaking dangerous next year when they have Irving and Hayward and Tatum and, uh, and Jalen Brown's going to be a pain in the ass. The One little nugget of info there. One little nugget of info, too, about this game. Prunty's hinted in post-game, pre-game, I should say, quotes before this game. Wants to see his team play a little bit faster and try to get Boston off kilter with that half-court defense. So maybe a look to the over if you hear the coach saying something like that. Both games have gone over the number. The first one only did because of the overtime shot, but game two sailed uh, over, and this one's creeped up there, but I agree. I think it'll be a higher-scoring game. All right, Babana, we got two minutes. Major League Baseball, interesting uh, card tonight. Estrada versus Sonny Gray, Blue Jays and Yankees. Blue Jays are plus 165. The big game of the night that everybody's talking about, the Washington Nationals and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers minus 150. It's not, uh, it's not often you get Clayton Kershaw. It's only minus 150 home favorite, uh, but it's not often that Clayton Kershaw is pitching against Max Scherzer. Exactly. The Washington Nationals, plus 130, lowest total of the year, and even six. What do you think of the baseball card tonight, if not one of these high-profile games? What's your uh, pick of the day in baseball, Babano? Uh, yeah, I think there's value with both of the underdogs in those two games, Toronto and the uh, Washington Nationals. I don't love them. They're not top plays of the night, but I had to grab a small plus price with Toronto. I did yesterday, too. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. It's a chunk. It of is. Sunny Gray it, isn't worthy of being that big of a favorite. 
No, he's not. And even Toronto last night, I thought that was a good price, even though they fell just one run short. And for Washington and the Dodgers, you know, I went against Kershaw just because the price was crazy last week with Godley, who had been pitching like one until that start for Arizona, and it didn't work out. But I'd be leaning toward taking Scherzer at the dog price tonight with the Washington Nationals. You don't love the travel situation going out to L.A. for this first game, but I'd lean to the plus price there. Jays had uh, bases loaded, no outs, Morenci, and you saw that bad ball, bad at bat by Pilar, bad at bat by Grishik. Boom, Yankees get out of danger there. They were they were on the ropes for a while. I think Syndergaard in the Mets is a good play tonight, a yeah. minus 140. Thanks for the time. Over for Boston-Oakland, by the way. Boston-Oakland over. Over machine Boston right now. Good stuff. Over nine. Thanks, Babano. Sportsmemo.com. Sportsmemo.com. Sportsbookreview.com. You can find uh, Bobano. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Interesting baseball board here this evening. Seen quite a few games uh, that I like, uh, but I'm on a limited budget right now. One parlays, parlays, three, four, five, six. Round robin, buddy. It's the old round robin. Two game parlays, mix and match, man. You you go you go three and three with a couple pooches, you make money. That's the way to play baseball if you like six games. It's actually a smart way to go. Yeah, the round uh, round robin. I like round robins. You've been you said you've been doing two game baseball parlays. That's round robins, man. A bunch of different parlays for the stuff you like, mix and match. Yeah, at least you get uh, at least you get plus money. That's right? the thing. Like that's like I was betting individual games. You're still going to take individual games, but the only reason the the way to build that bankroll and it happened earlier this week when I did the round robin with the hockey and the parlays and stuff. And then even if you have one bad night, it kind of softens the blow because you get those extra units. You know what I mean? Bing, 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 bing. And it, just, it adds up. So I'm going to suggest if you're hitting hot in baseball there, and, you know, if you go over 500, that's the way to do it. Makes total sense. Good for your bankroll, buddy. I'm telling you. Little victories. Ching, 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 ching. You build that tower. Kind of like playing blackjack when you see me grind. It's a grind, right? And then you get that advantage. You win the double. You push a little bit more in. You push a little bit more in. Not the whole thing, but just a little bit at a time. Like, that's what I do when I play units. I go, like, I start off 25. Then I put in 35. And then 45. Stack it, stack it, stack it. Hey, you lose a hand. You didn't put the whole thing out there. You know what I'm saying, buddy? Anyway, we, you, we both don't you, practice what we are preach. Are you doing that right now? What? Are you doing that yeah, now? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things, Moretzi, but yeah, you, you, you know me. <laughs> Actually, that one day, like, because it's, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a horrible night in hockey last night. I'd be, uh, I'd be lying if I told you. I bet with my heart with the Leafs. They lost. I was stupid. Uh, I didn't touch the total. I should have rolled your under, but I was on Columbus because I'm an idiot, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no way at home that these guys don't get it done, and Washington punched them in the mouth. Columbus actually for a home team, they're scared now in that series. Like, they had an opportunity to bury these guys. Now they've given Washington a team uh, with Holtby, a better goaltender. Now you even under. If they start a Grubauer in these, uh, uh, Holtby instead of Grubauer, they might be win the series 4 to nothing against these guys. The Washington Capitals are going to come back and win that series. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they're lucky they made the goaltender switch when they did. Could have really backfired. So, I don't know, man. I'm just telling you. 
that's that's the way to do it. Just a little bit more. I like the, I like the round robins. The Capitals are minus one thirty five, minus one thirty five to win the series uh, right now. Only one thirty five. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's tied at two. But still, they've it, been. It wouldn't be surprising if they went back home and just choked again. Yeah. I played a parlay. I think they got a mo- little bit of momentum now. I think, and Columbus really liked, like they played about as bad as you can for a home playoff game. They weren't even in that game. Like Washington killed them. It wasn't even close. I played a parlay: Winnipeg Jets, Pittsburgh Penguins, Toronto Maple Leafs, Vegas Golden Knights, Nashville Predators, Tampa Bay Lightning to win their respective series. Is and unfortunately, I'm going to go five and one. The Leafs. The Leafs aren't winning the series, so I don't have a choice but to cash out. And how much are you cashing out for? I only lose 35%, surprisingly enough. Really? I could have cashed out last night for a profit before the Leafs game, but I wanted to see if the Leafs could win. Even though I knew the Leafs weren't going to win the series, I thought if they won last night, I'd be able to cash out for more, but Leafs were unable uh, to win last night over over well you said it's cruel it's a cruel world i've actually actually watched uh, listening to the game on the radio the whole time they don't know they played they, i took the under. they dominated the, the start of the game they came out there after boston's first goal they couldn't have played any better two caras stood on his head they had two breakaways they were both stopped um the problem is boston you know what good teams do they're opportunistic the leafs defense they pinch in boston gets a two-on-one boom they score the leafs are pressing all over them what happens defenseman another bad decision polak and zaitsev boom these guys don't even know what they're doing boston comes in boom scores brusque three to one they're done not like boston played well you know about hockey you say life's not fair you get a better goaltender doesn't even matter. Like, Tuka Rask is 100 times better than Freddie Anderson. I would, Everyone's talking about, oh, Anderson, he's pretty good. No, he's, he's, he's all right. I would suggest taking uh, the Boston Bruins minus a puck and a half on Saturday night. Because, uh, yeah, if the Leafs go down, they're just going to throw the kitchen sink and lot, lot of uh, give up a lot of two-on-ones, three-on-ones. It's plus 160. It's a pretty nice uh, pick at plus 160. It's pretty good value, actually. There should, even though there hasn't been empty nutters, I got lucky the other night. Um, I got screwed the other night, two nights, three nights ago, whatever. I got screwed in that one nothing game when Stevens didn't pull the goalie quick enough. But I forget who it was, man. I, there's so many of these damn games. But the other night, I needed the under, and they pulled the goalie with about two minutes left, and there was no goal. There was uh, there was no empty net goal. And in fact, this year, I haven't really, I can't recall so many non-empty net goals with a net empty. You know, coaches get pissed off, man. Like, they don't like it when you when you shoot for the net. They'd rather if you just dump it down the ice yeah, for or sure. flick it. Soft little chip. Because of the icing call. And so guys really are hesitant to, especially in the playoffs. Like, in a regular season, you notice, the second cam, the net is empty. Bam. These guys are like, uh, you know, these guys are like Shriners on a hooker at a Vegas convention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when the net is empty in a regular season... Players get it, and boom, they want to pad the stat, and it's like, oh, free goal, free goal. And they're going to jump on it. In the playoffs, they don't. And I've really noticed there, there's been guys where they sort of they are about to shoot, and then they realize, if I miss, and there's an icing call, and we lose the faceoff, and they score, my team's going to hate me. Exactly. And they're going to say, you're a greedy idiot for shooting at the empty net. So basically, you notice they'll, they'll just chip it in the corner now. Once in a while, a guy will blast at it. Oh, yeah, that like the New Jersey game where they got two lucky empty netters against Tampa Bay, that's not going to happen again. Under, that was pure fluke. Six. Oh, yeah, yeah. That game was the uh, that was the biggest, like, oh, man. those They had no business scoring two empty netters. And I will tell you this. What has changed? 
I can't believe when we're watching these games, what time do you, when we played hockey, you pull the goaltender, I used to, maybe a minute. You know what I mean? Because you want to just boom, and then you, you bang these guys hard. They're pulling the goaltender now at two minutes, two and a half minutes, almost three minutes. This is unheard of. This is absolutely ridiculous. One, one mistake, you're done. I would never, never, never pull the goalie in a one-goal game before that point unless you had an advantage where you get a face-off deep on a power player well, and you could on, do something. It depends on the situation. But come on. Man. The LA Kings the other night were down three games to none, Cam. They should have pulled the goalie earlier. They're yeah, that's different. To none, and they're getting shut out. There was no more time. It's like being a football team and having a ball on your 14-yard line with 38 seconds left, and you're running the ball. Like yeah, there no, was, I understand that. There was no more time. It gets listen. Mike Keenan once pulled his goalie with nine minutes. Oh, left. I know. Our, our yeah, guy, you know, guys you know? used to do crazy stuff like that. Mike Keenan uh, got so pissed off. With, um, the uh, it was Roberto Luongo. And Mike Keenan's a nut job. You know, of course, he's a psycho. So Mike Keenan got so pissed off at the Florida Panthers because um, Luongo was getting just assaulted with shots. You know, it was like 47 to 14 in shots or whatever. So uh, Keenan called a timeout and called Luongo over. See ya. And told Luongo, have a seat. And he told him, he goes, you guys aren't helping this guy out at all. He's out there by himself, so I don't think it's fair. So I'm just going to pull him. And what's crazy, they didn't give up a goal in eight and a half minutes, That's which awesome. is insane. Yeah, that is insane. In an empty net. I don't know how it's possible, but I don't know, man. Like, these, basically, whatever I have, the opposite will happen. Last night, I hit the uh, the over 213 in the Miami Heat, uh, Miami Heat-Philadelphia 76er game. But being the greedy, stupid idiot that I am, I, I hit, uh, also, I hit uh, over 236. I also hit an over 220 and stuff, but I was playing an in-game greed thing, and I kept, like, cashing out and doubling up and going back in. And I, I took over 236 and a half, which is a lot of points. But the game was sailing yeah. over the number. The Miami Heat, like, just couldn't score, man, in the last six minutes, like, at all. And then it got down to two minutes, Cam. I needed two points in two minutes. I needed one basket. In about two minutes and 13 seconds. And I tweeted it out at the two-minute mark. I said, I need one basket and two points in the next two minutes. Let's watch and see how I get screwed. And then I even tweeted after and in three, two, Two, one. And lo and behold, block shots, turnovers. Misses. There was a bunch of fouls that the ref didn't call. Like one blatant, man. Someone got pushed. They didn't call it. It was just a train wreck for two and a half minutes. And then, lo and behold, from a gift from Lord Gambler, Covington gets fouled with, like, 1.3 seconds left in the game. I need two points. I swear to God, they missed, like, seven shots in the last two minutes. Covington gets to the free throw line. There's one second left. It's meaningless to everybody. He hits the first one. Like, swish, boom, no problem. All I need is for him to hit the last free throw. And, of course, he freaking bricked it. It wasn't even close to going in. Like, it's just, it's amazing. And little does he know, like, how he's screwing people with that. But I'm screwing myself by, it's a bad bet. 
You don't bet an in-game no, 36 and a half. That's crazy. You can do it, but look, I did it with the Raptor game the other night, and I got away with it. I bet an over 249 and a half in a Raptor game, or 248, and I won. Can't believe you just mentioned Gambler. That episode of The Simpsons was on last night. It was unbelievable. I was just like, where she goes, she's a slot jockey. Your mom is a slot jockey now. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Burns up there with the nails growing. That was great. When they opened up the casino there, they, they lied to Robert Goulet. He's the entertainment. <laughs> Classic episode, buddy. Yeah, with Lord Gambler. But I'm with I'm with you. Like that's that's nuts. Like to not to not score a basket in an NBA game with over two minutes left. That's just no, but that's just bad luck. It, no, that's bad luck. I have bad luck every night, though, dude. It happens every night, every night. Two nights ago, it was the same crap in Miami and Philadelphia. I had an in-game over two sixteen. Goran Dragic hits a layup at the buzzer to get it to two sixteen, and I had two sixteen and a half. It's just it's constant, dude. Every night. Every damn night I lose a bet by half a point in the NBA. It's inevitable. Like, I know I will tonight. Just which one? Where will I get screwed? I'm sort of thinking Milwaukee will probably win by six now that it's five. The totals are killing me in the Pacers and Cavs. Totals 209. Both games have gone under the number. You figure... I like the Pacers, man. You figure that the, the game would go over, considering that the Cavs... Don't play defense, but the stupid pace of the Pacers, it's ironic, actually, yeah. Cam, because the Pacers uh, don't have any pace. They have no pace. They're a good team. <laughs> they're a good That's team. That's true. But they don't take shots. Like, they milk the shot clock. They're, they're, they're very efficient offensively per, per, per 100 minute per set, per 100 possessions, et cetera, but they don't play a quick tempo. Like they don't. Like they, they, like the other not night, good for over betters. Yeah, they're averaging eighty shots a game in this series, and uh, that's not a lot. Like for their entire team, they're very that's so, low. But that's why they're good. Yep. They're selective with their shots. They don't take stupid shots. The Pacers, but it's hurting. And you know what? They had forty-eight games go under the number, and here I am like a stupid idiot chasing the over in the first two games. Game two got sort of close at the end. It could have, but. Um, Instead of Tommy Total tonight, I think you should be Sammy Side. Because I, I think the Pacers at minus one, I know Babano's on it too. It offers good value though. I know it's LeBron James. He's probably going to get a lot of calls. But the way they played the first two games in Cleveland, smoking them and then with bad luck too, foul trouble with their star coming back, three points could have actually tied the game. Like Cleveland, that's, that's Cleveland at home. So I, I'm telling you, Indiana minus one, like a pick em situation, hell, take them on the money line. I think that's insane. Like, I I would have made the line three and a half, Indiana, from what you've seen the first time, but it's the LeBron factor. He'll eat up that point spread. I'm telling you, I think that's a real – I'm going to go hard on Indiana tonight. Well, LeBron James uh, started off the game the other night and outscored yeah, the Pacers. I know, he's on fire. He outscored the Pacers 16-1 to one on his own. LeBron True. James scored the first 16 freaking points of the, of the basketball game. And Tyrone Lou said, I need you to set the tone early. Well, that's, that's what he did. Yep. <laughs> he set the stupid tone early. Uh, and the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers are 6-7-1 and one against the spread as a road dog in the playoffs since LeBron James has come back four years ago. All right? So, not great. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Every single one of those losses – was to the Golden State Warriors. That's a good point. If you take the Golden State Warriors out of the equation, the the Cavaliers are 6-0-1 oh, against the Ooh. spread as road underdogs with LeBron James. 
LeBron's never a road no. underdog. For the record, on the uh, for the record this year, um, eight and five. The Cavaliers were eight and five straight up, and ten to, ten and three against the spread as road dogs. Those are nice uh, trends, Gabe. But LeBron James is an asshole, but. He's amazing. Well, I actually, no, he's not an asshole. He's, no, a, he's a good guy. He's good, good, great basketball player. I should say he's annoying. Yeah. On the court, the calls that he gets are annoying. It's yeah. ridiculous. So that's what makes it annoying to me. Uh, but you know, the fact is, it, it, he's a dangerous player, man, and the league loves him, and he's going to get every damn call. I do like the Pacers here tonight. The Raptor Wizard game. I hate to say it, but uh, that's very tough. It's a tough game. I do think it should be a higher-scoring game. I brought it up earlier. The Raptors are just 6-13 and against the spread with Dwayne Casey as a coach in the postseason on the highway. There will be a lot of Raptor fans. They in, travel. In the building tonight in Washington. And it's not like the Wizards have a dominant home court or anything like that from a fan standpoint. But the Wizard players do play way better on that court. They just do. Bradley Beal will shoot the better ten, uh, shoot the ball better tonight. John Wall will be much better tonight. Gortat is going to be better. They're all going to be better this evening. We'll, we'll see if the Raptors can can handle the counterpunch, but I think the Wizards minus one and a half in the first quarter is the way to go in this game. I think the Raptors, too, for a team, the problem that I have is you saw and you saw every minute of that other game. You had opportunities to beat these guys by 30, 35. Absolutely embarrassed them. Put them out of the gym. And you know what? They just let them linger and let them linger and let them linger. And then it got down to like five points. It, things got scary, actually, for a couple possessions. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys going to do? And that's their MO, Gabe. You know this team better than anybody. They don't have the killer instinct when a game, like, boom. Like, look what Indiana did to Cleveland game one. They punched him in the mouth. It was, what was it, 22 to three? And then they went on and won by that same number. If not for a crazy three ball, the Raptors let Washington back in the game and they could lose. And actually, potentially, that series is in jeopardy. They're up two to nothing now. That's the thing, the urgency. I hate to say it, but Washington might be a play tonight. Like, if they bring their A game and are angry. I, I, Toronto's still a damn good team, but I don't know, man. I, I don't like the way I don't like the way when they have leads, they always let them evaporate. Well, that's a tough game. I'm going to be betting the Wizards, and like I said, I'm a I'm a Raptor fan, so I prefer to bet on them when Me I can. Me too. But but I'm taking the Wizards in the first quarter minus a one and a half, and uh, I'm gonna you know maybe I'll hit the Raptors in game. We'll see where it goes. That's a good call because they're going to be if you like the first quarter bet, the Wizards might be up ten to twelve, and then you get a value number on the Raptors if you think they're going to come back and make it a game. Well, we'll see. That's if, the way to play it. See if they yeah. don't end up getting smoked, right? Yeah. See see if they don't end up uh, getting smoked. They could just get blown out the Raptors tonight. It wouldn't surprise me if they. Don't did. wouldn't surprise me at all. In the other game, I want to take Boston, but it feels like a sucker line. All right, Tony Sincata will join us uh, shortly. We've got a ton of DFS to get to here tonight. We've got NBA DFS. We've got NHL DFS. We've got Major League Baseball DFS. We've got NASCAR DFS. That's four sports right there. And if we've got time, we'll take a look at the UF. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844 844- 
843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fancy source, 24 hours a day. Decisions Ready to Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And check out Fantasy Factor. Single contest entries only. Always a ton of free rolls and free contests. www.fantasyfactor.com. As, uh, we've got a ton of uh, ton of games uh, tonight. Full slate of baseball, fresh uh, fresh series as we talked uh, with Ian Cameron about Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw. Total is six in that uh, baseball game. Uh, we got the uh, New York Yankees, Sonny Gray and Estrada, and the Blue Jays uh, tonight. Number seems a little bit high for Sonny Gray tonight at minus 185. You get plus 165 with Marco Estrada, who's actually given up a lot of home runs to the Yankees, yeah. but has won games versus the Yankees. But I'm sure Tony Sincata is already aware of that. What's up? I'm all fun. Yeah, you know what? I think the baseball action is a little crazy tonight. How crazy is it when you got to give a one and a half runs and get 170 for 100 with Verlander over the White Sox? Yeah, I'm looking at that. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking to put them in a parlay with something, but I really don't stand there with a parlay with. I can lay the one and a half at minus 160, Tony, with Verlander uh, here this evening. But there's a couple other baseball games on the board tonight where the numbers just, I don't know if they're traps, but the one that catches my eye. Um, let's go to Queens here. The New York Mets. And the game's in Atlanta tonight, but Syndergaard's on the hill. Minus 140 tonight. That price feels a little bit too low to me, Tony. Minus 140 for Syndergaard against the Braves. Give me the, give me the Mets. Yeah, so I uh, I bet this game twice. My my book's got 150. I bet it at minus 150, and I bet it given a run and a half, plus 125. Got to give the Braves a lot of credit, though, for what they're doing. Like, they're, they're playing good baseball right now. You know who deserves credit? Me. What, for liking the Braves? No, yesterday for the DFS pick for uh, Preston Tucker. Yeah, they're raking like this. This whole team right now. What they win? What do they win? The other game, like they're blowing out. They're dogs in a lot of these games, and they are making people money. They're unit makers, man. They're talking about putting Matt Harvey into the bullpen now, too, Tony. Yeah, a couple of that that's, last night. I load. That's why I loaded up on these yep. guys last night. That's a huge right. mistake if they go that route. But Newcomb is a guy that puts guys on base and he strikes people out. Like he walks people, strikes people out. His walks over four per nine. His strikeouts are more than a strikeout per inning. So the Mets are going to get their chances tonight. You know, Syndergaard is not going to make a ton of mistakes. The other trap line of the night uh, here, and I'm going to bite. Red Sox? Yeah, the Boston yeah, Red that, Sox. That, that feels, yeah, that's the thing. They're, they're so hot, though. Minus 140. The Athletics have won four in a row, but they played against the White Sox. Now they get the uh, the other Sox coming to town. Drew Pomeranz uh, makes his debut. But nice, if you're going to make a debut, it's a nice park to make the debut in here in Oakland. At how smoking hot. How smoking hot the Red Sox are right now. It's hard to uh, not jump on them at minus 140. Yeah, I also bet them on the run line tonight, giving one and a half plus 110 uh, with the Red Sox. Uh, these games, they've been putting up eight, nine runs themselves. Um, I, don't, I don't know if people are going to attack the over tonight, but both teams have been hitting well. 
Pomeranz, uh, familiar to the park as well. I, Oakland, you, you know, they're, they're one of those weird teams, though. Like, Boston's playing their asses off. They should absolutely kill them. But Oakland's sneaky at home. They're just one of those teams that they, they don't get any credit, but they go, go about their business, and they're a pretty good dog. They've got power. Um, but I'm not kidding. You've got a team in the Boston Red Sox, guys, that are 16-1 and in their last 17 games. Since then, you know what? I actually had the Rays in that game. Since blowing a 4 nothing lead yeah. in a yeah. season yeah. opener, they've won 16 of <laughs> their last 17 games. I had the Rays, too, fortunately. I haven't bet against the Red Sox that much. I learned my lesson uh, the other night um, with, uh, with the Otani uh, play. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not going to get in front of these guys. I'm just going to ride this out. At minus 140, Pomeran should be all right uh, this evening. The other game I like, I like the Giants and the Angels to go under 8.5. Giants not a great offense. Samaj has got it. It's a not a bad p- pitcher. A good ballpark here for pitching at night. The ball doesn't travel well unless you're a Mookie Betts. And uh, I like this game to go under the total. I was actually looking at another hot team. I don't trust uh, Samarja. Milwaukee, 60 cents tonight. Shasin going for the Brew Crew. They've been absolutely scorching. They're scoring runs. Even when they're not, they're getting good pitching. You saw with what they did. They're just playing really good ball right now. And uh, minus 60 doesn't seem like a big price against the Marlins on the road. I can't, mm. I can't argue. I don't like Shasin, mm. but the price is fair against the Marlins. Listen, if you didn't yep. bet against the Marlins every day, you yeah. could win money. <laughs> Most they're, of the time, they're, no, they're going to win. Just every Milwaukee's now, playing good ball. Like they won his big dogs against the Yankees earlier in the week, but yeah, I can't argue with the minus one sixty here. No, I, I would think that you know what, you could make a pretty safe living this year if you just pick against the Marlins anytime it's under two to one. That's the thing. Yep. It's minus one sixty. Yeah, yep. It's a fair Great price. price. You know, the Brewers taking advantage. Ryan Broad's going to be back uh, tonight. He hit a home run as a, in a pitch hitter role. Uh, yesterday, he's going to provide some uh, spark to the offense. You're right; I can't disagree uh, with that pick. That's another uh, another favorite. There's quite a few favorites I like in baseball this evening. Short uh, favorites. I like the Toronto Blue Jays as an underdog, plus one sixty-five. Uh, I like Chris Archer tonight and the Rays at minus one thirty. I like the Mets at minus one forty. I like the Angels at minus one fifty. The Red Sox at minus one forty, and I'm going to parlay the Astros and the Cardinals. I'm going to parlay the Astros and the Cards at plus 104, but I like uh, like where Cam's going with that Milwaukee Brewer game as well at minus 160. I have another one that might might not be as popular, but I, I like the home team, uh, Gray and the Rockies at home against the Cubs. I know the Cubs are a very good team, not playing great ball right now. This game is a pick'em, and and uh, Hendricks on the road. Mm, I, I'm not. I tell you, I really like Colorado with the with the home cooking there at a pick'em price against the Cubs. I think that's going to be on the card tonight too. Crickets. Crickets. I don't know. That's a tough, I mean, I know, I, that's the thing. I don't like to take, like, I'm looking at these games going, okay, well, I should take Boston, but Oakland scares me at plus 120. So I'm kind of like looking at the board going, okay, well, you know, I think that the Milwaukee Brewers are a fair price. And I, I kind of like when, when the Rockies are at home and I don't have to lay any juice, even though if it's against the Cubs, that's something that's on the radar. The thing that struck me about that there. game is how low the total is. Look at how low the total is. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. A game in Colorado is never on the double digits. And Kyle Hendricks ain't Max Scherzer. No, he's not. The wind's blowing out there, too. It's nine nine and a half. That's like, wow, that's just a weird number. Yeah. Ten and a half, 11. Yeah, every, most times that's what we're starting at ten and a half. Most times games here, so it's a run difference. And yeah, these are two good pitches, but these aren't elite pitchers. 
Yeah, I agree. That the, that's it's really weird. I don't understand why they said it at that number. Got to bet every baseball game tonight. The Cincinnati Reds are god awful, but it, you don't want to lay two two ten with the Cardinals. Like, waka 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 waka. <laughs> no. Again. Yeah. Hey, no, my my, my book's got a two twenty five. So yeah, that's wow. not that's too much. The Cardinals owned them though. The Reds are a train wreck. I thought that this was a team that was supposed to get better. Like Homer Bailey is your best pitcher, and he's literally like. A bat, like a, a three or a four on like any other team there. It's unbelievable. They got guys who can't get on base. What do you feel for Joey Votto? He's just sitting around there, one of the best players in the league with that crap lineup, man. That blows. Poor guy. Reds suck. I think he likes it in Cincinnati, to tell you the truth. I don't know why, but he, see, he, he never you hear, never hear him bitch. He, he's always like one of those guys that's a, a good guy and likes to joke around. I think he's one of those guys that's okay. You know what? I'm going to make $300 million by the time I'm done. I'm going to have a little bar at the corner uh, of the ballpark, and uh, you know what? I'm good. Yep, Bottles Bar and Grill, uh, when, when everything's said and done, that's uh, the only bright spot. It was a big mistake letting Dusty Baker go when they did. I said it at the time. They bring in Brian Price. Yeah, Brian Price, Price, was Price is wrong. So Jim Riggleman <laughs> takes over. Jim Riggleman uh, takes over uh, tonight. Think what the Reds is. They're supposed to have a good offense. They're only hitting 220, but nobody's really hitting uh, this year. Uh, St. Louis uh, beat Cincinnati last week. They swept them, and uh, that was in Cincinnati. They outscored them 27 uh, to 10 uh, on that run. As I stated, they've, they've actually owned them. I think they've won 11 of the last 13 games against uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. Generally, though, guys, whatever sport it is, teams usually win the first game after they fire the coach or the manager. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it. They do, but it's not really a great spot uh, to be in here uh, tonight. No. Uh, Joey Votto's 13 for 34 against uh, Waka Waka. Waka 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 Waka. What about the Diamondbacks? Who's this guy uh, going tonight against Ross? You know uh, his story, Tony? Koch? Oh, yeah. You don't remember uh, Bill Koch? Yeah. He's not. A, he's not a good player. I actually. I'm actually going to go against Koch tonight in the, in this game, and I'm surprised the total is as low it is there. And this humidity thing, right? This humifier thing. I have no idea. It, it's too early in the season to figure out what's going on, but it doesn't seem to be making any difference. Um, this was a kid that came into this league as a third-round pick, so not a huge prospect uh, for him. He's a guy that's had some injuries, hasn't pitched a lot of innings. In 2017, he pitched uh, 56 innings. 56 innings. Um, he doesn't strike people out. Balls go in play. I think uh, going against him is there. I, I'm surprised he's even the majors. I'm surprised. Like I can't believe they don't have another pitcher. His projected ERA... Uh, by those those wise guys and those sabermetric guys is 5.01 at the major league level. That's brutal. Yeah, that, that, his K per nine is five. You don't take the Padres in a situation, but at least Ross has pretty good stuff at plus 105. Arizona, that number is where it is because they're a good team at home. Like San Diego, though. If like, Arizona are damn good, man. They are. They are. I'm just saying the Padres, though, against a bad pitcher might be a good spot for them. Arizona are 7-2 and two at home. They're scoring 4.6 runs per baseball game. And, uh, you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks, if they score four or more runs, they're 11-1 and one in their last 12 games from scoring four or more runs. They're a complete team. You know, they're, they're, they're a dangerous now, team. This is the year that the Dodgers actually, like, when you look at I know that you got Kershaw and everything. Be very, very scared with Arizona this year. You're very thinking, nervous. 
Yeah, Matt Koch. You're talking. Uh, remember the old yeah. uh, Koch? Wasn't wasn't that the uh, the old closer guy? Was it Billy? Billy Koch. Billy Koch. Yeah. The Oakland yeah, Athletic. That's the, that's the only time I remember because yeah. you've been kicked out of a lot of buildings. That was the first time the cops ever escorted me out because Billy, Billy Koch, you cost me. I was like, he cost me thousands of dollars when he was like the worst. Oh yeah, game? the cops like yeah escorted me out. And Billy Koch is like laughing at me. I'm like, you piece of shit. Like oh yeah, I was going wild on Billy Koch when he was actually pitching for the White Sox. <laughs> he's he's horrible, man. He was a bad Blue Jay too. Remember. Remember the series when he was one of the worst relievers? That guy was a gas can. He was actually one of the uh, the test uh, the case studies for not paying a closer money. Yeah, because he basically had a decent little run out of the blue in Oakland, and he was pretty good. Yep. And then things went bad. I don't know if it was the Blue Jays or whoever. A bunch of teams started to pay him, and they said, "All right, let's bring this guy in as a closer. He could be good." And yeah, he gave up a ton of home runs. I wonder if there's any relation. <laughs> can can you uh, can you take to, can you call the police on your sports book in the United States if you're betting illegally for unfair business practices? Uh, they won't they let. They know that too. <laughs> they know that. That's your thing. Yeah. It's like call. It's like people that call the cops on their drug dealer. Yeah, because they they don't have a team total on the only one game tonight, the Houston White Sox game. I wanted to bet the White Sox team total to go under if it's anything three and a half or under, and I was going to take the Astros at five and a half or over. You don't think that Shields is offering yeah. the proper protection? No, no. He's a fly ball pitcher against a team that's starting to hit a little. A lot of holes in, the, in that. The Blue Jays team total is only three and a half tonight. Really? That's, that uh, seems low. That's yeah. way too low. Yeah. Way too low. They're screwing with us. As opposed to the, the Indians. Na- you're right. The Baltimore. Blue Jays team total minus three and a, yeah. three and a half minus a 105. Houston Astros, Houston Astros, team total, Tony, five and a half. Yeah. Plus, plus 110, and you're not yeah. getting that extra at bat either, right? So. Right, yeah. Five, five and a half on the road, pretty steep, even against James Shields. Yeah, what's the White Sox team total? Two and a half. Oh, they can, they're, just telling you, they're screwing you, man. <laughs> you got to make it three at least, books. Be fair. It's two and a half. Unders plus 105. Oh, bitch. That's still yeah, better. That's, that's, that's a bad bet. There's no wiggle room. Like, you, know what I mean? <laughs> you know what happens to that? Verlander kills it for seven innings, and Chris Davinsky comes in and lets a three-run homer. Yeah, all night you'll be winning 7-1. Exactly. <laughs> Titating two garbage runs on a bloop single or something. Oh, and a hawk. And a good guys put two on the board. Yeah. It's funny that Rockies Cubs team, right? That Rockies Cubs game. We talked about nine and a half total, but the team totals for both teams are five. Hmm. Yeah, that's. You got me interested in this Blue Jays team total over yeah. over three and a half. Man, they could yeah, they could hit two home runs in the first three innings of in this game. This game could be four four after two innings. Tonight. It could be. Yes. I expect it to be. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Then lay it down. Lay it down and win. Lay it down. Lay it down. I'm taking – you know what? I, interesting game between Cleveland and Baltimore tonight. Uh, usually the Orioles have been pretty, pretty bad, but historically a good home team getting uh, either even or five cents tonight. I don't trust Trevor Bauer in Cleveland. I think Baltimore might be in a good spot tonight too. Bauer's – Bauer's been good. It's a bad yeah. travel spot for it them. Is. They're, coming it, back it from, is. they're coming back from Puerto Rico. And Baltimore coming off that big embarrassment. I kind of like uh, to jump on those teams. It's good. It's been working so far. Minnesota, of course, played in Puerto Rico too, but it's easier for them playing in Tampa 
this evening. This is definitely a tough travel or a more difficult travel spot for Cleveland. But this game, I would bet the under of this game. Bundy and uh, and Bauer have both been very good. But uh, I always get screwed when I bet under. So I can't bet the under eight here. And I, I, I can't trust the Baltimore Orioles. Even with Dylan Bundy. I'm, ta- I'm taking Baltimore. You know what's interesting? In that Scherzer game in uh, Kershaw, if you just like the six totals too 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 shallow, right? They got but to it, over or nothing. Yeah, but if you bet the Dodgers under, the team totals three. It has to go to four for you to lose. Yeah, no, I actually I kind of lean under there with their with their total. Yeah. Generally, when two aces play each other, one guy usually gets lit up. <laughs> it's true. It is like it's. I, it's, I swear yeah. to God, it's it's like free money in the Major League Baseball playoffs in the opening round of the playoffs. It's always two aces. They always set a total at six and a half. You know, one of them leaves in the fifth inning. Next thing you know, it's five four, and you're like, I can't believe I bet an under. They sometimes put five and a halfs up. I just, I think it's too low with Kershaw. Even with Kershaw, like it could be two two in the seventh inning, and they both leave the game, and then it just, you know. It opens up. Extremely dangerous betting uh, Betting it under six. You guys got an opinion on Pizza Nova and uh, Blake Lively? Our Pirates and Phils? That's uh, <laughs> straight up pick them. I lean oh. with the, the Phillies. I'm wondering who the hell Pizza Nova was. Oh, that Phillies game was um, unbelievable know, last yeah. night. <laughs> I bet the under. I bet the under, right? It was seven. In the sixth inning, it was seven nothing, and I got a push. That was, a, that was, yeah, a, was, that was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I love that. All right, Cam is going to yep. be uh, leaving in a minute, so what do you got for us, Cam? I'm going to go in the NBA game. I know we talked about it. I'm on Indiana Moneyline. I know it's against LeBron James, but I'm doing it. Hockey parlay, Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, Nashville. I'm doing the same thing as you. I'm a dog man with favorites tonight over in Colorado, Nashville. Baseball, ugh, it looks ugly, but I'm feeling it. Baltimore, San Diego, Milwaukee are the plays. Lean to Colorado. Later, guys. Lots of sports to get through on the DFS hour. Cam Stewart. Yeah, we got a lot, uh, Tony. Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL.